Good morning, church. Good morning, good morning. How about them cowboys? No, I was just... Oh, uh, he done turned me. I was like, what happened? Josh told me he's working in the booth today. He said, if you mention the Cowboys, I'm cutting your mic. And he really did. And I was just like, something's wrong here. Just, that's funny. I like that. Man, but I, I'm excited to be with y'all this morning. I love to see all the different things going on in the church, too. It's just, just a reminder of God working in people's lives, but also working around us, right? Working in the community. And allowing us to be a part of that work. And that really ties into today's message. It's talking about being unified. And that's really what this whole church is built on. That's the mindset. That's what we see in God's word. And that's our desire. Because we know that's God's desire. Is that we would be unified with him. And we would be unified as a church. And, you know, one of the things you've probably been seeing in some of the pre-service slides. And even sometimes we've talked about. Is having the new members class. You know, this church is... I'm trying to think how old, because it's, it's been a, a season and a process to get to here. But it's been for in existence for a couple of years now, and we've never had a new members class. We never invited people, hey, come be a member and be like an official member. And so I've had people ask me that, well, Pastor, what does that look like to be a member of the church or just a member of God's family? And so that's what I want us to dive in today. I'm going to be talking about what it is to be as a believer, as a member of God's family, but also specifically a member of Lubbock Unified. And so I'm excited for that. And so as you leave here, I got these things, all right? It kind of explains everything, what I'm talking about today. And it's kind of just a new member handbook. It makes a whole lot of sense when you have one. But you're going to see this. You're going to see how God's word and what we're doing as a church, they line up. And this the vision for the church. And we feel like it's what God is asking us to do and what we're trying to accomplish. And I want to go to this slide right here and kind of just capture this. Uh, we believe that we're all made for more, Okay. That no matter where you come from in your life, no matter your upbringing, your color, your race, no matter who your parents are, no matter what's going on, we believe that God has something great for you and even more than what we can imagine. And that's part of our vision as a church is that we would be a collection of all kinds of different people, right? That's one of the things I love about the church. I look around, I see all kinds of different races, all kinds of colors. I see everything, right? It's like crayons is what I see, okay? Not in a bad way, okay? But if you know anything about a broken crayon, what do you know about it? It can still color, right? And that's the thing. A lot of us are some broken crayons, but God can still use us. And, and that's the beauty of this church. Our vision is to be a collection of those things, that we would love God wholeheartedly, that we would love ourselves accurately, because in return, we're going to love other people selflessly, and it's all going to be for his glory. And that's part of his vision for us, is that the word of God tells us, Jesus told us, man, the first thing you need to understand is you need to love God with everything that you have. And in return, love others as you love yourself and usually we get the God thing right we're like okay how to love God and I'm learning how to love other people when it comes to loving us that's a hard thing right because it's one of those things that you're gonna have to put yourself and look at the mirror and it's not always pleasing to see but that's the thing about God is he doesn't need you to be perfect he just says I need you to be available just include me in your life and it makes me think about Jesus when he came and he lived on this earth he could have chosen people that had all the best education, the most talented, the most gifted. But what he chose was tell people that most likely wouldn't have been on people's radar. He didn't choose those that others would have said would have been qualified. And I think about our life and our society. What do we do? We look who got the most talent, who's got the good looks, who's got these things that we're all in search of. But that ain't the way that God works. God says, man, I want to see your heart. I want to see what that looks like. Because if you got a heart 
that is willing to work with me, man, I could do a whole lot with you. And that's what we see with Jesus. He went and picked out people that were the least likely, the uneducated, people that weren't qualified. And he said, that's who I want. You come follow me. You come join me. And everybody was like, what are you doing with them people? Like, you know what them people do? Like, have you heard these people talk? And that excites me because it means, God, you're going to use somebody like me. I could be a hot mess. I could dress like this. I could have tattoos. I could be bald-headed. And I know that the Lord is going to do something in my life if I surrender my life to him. And that's what I've seen. So I'm going to just give you an example. The other day, Friday the 13th, right, they was doing Friday the 13th tattoos, okay? Now, you'd be like, oh, pastor, you getting tattoos? I did, all right, to be honest with y'all. But the thing was, okay, it wasn't so much the tattoo. I'm trying to do something sweet with my wife, okay, because she's beautiful and she deserves everything. But that's a different story, okay? The thing was, this tattoo artist, I started talking to him, and, like, he just opened up like a book, y'all. And I wasn't even, like, trying to be in his business like that, but it just happened that God will present you an opportunity to minister and, and to talk to somebody and connect with them in a way that maybe that person hasn't always had. And one of the things that he told me is he wasn't from around here. He was from Dallas, and he moved over here. But guess what? He texted me last night, like, hey, I don't know if you remember me. I'm from the tattoo shop. Like, I really want to come to y'all's church. I want to see what this Jesus and this God thing's about. And that's just an example, right? That it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter where you might find yourself. Man, God has said, I will use you if you are willing to be used by me. I could do something amazing with you if you will walk with me because you are made for more than what you believe. And that's what we believe as a church, and that's part of our vision, is that we will learn how to love God. We will learn how to love ourselves. And in return, we will see God do amazing things and allow us to be a part of that. And if you really think about it, right, the 12 people that Jesus chose were the least likely, like I said, but even after he was pouring into his li their lives for three years, and then he died. And that could have been the end of the story. And a lot of times that is the end of the story, right? There's a death or something, and well, okay, that's the end of that. That was fun while it lasted, but it's over. But that's not the thing with God. God loves to work in things that are dead. God loves to work in things that people say you can't do. God loves to do the impossible, because that's who he is. He's a God who could do anything at any time in any way. And that's what he did with these 12 people, right? It ended up being 11, but even still, those 11 disciples that walked that life with Jesus, they could have went back to their old life. But the thing is, when you have a real encounter with Jesus, when you really walk with him, there ain't no going back. There is no returning to that old life. You might have moments where you find yourself doing things that you used to do, but truly, when you have an encounter with Jesus, man, he changes you for the better where you never go back, where you are born again. And that's what we see because of them carrying out that mission. That's part of the reason we're all here. If you really think about it, 12 guys, 11 guys went and changed the world and are still changing the world because of their obedience, because of their encounter with Jesus. And because of that, part of that is the reason that we're here. Part of that is the reason that God loved a hot mess like me and changed me. That's part of the reason that he loves you. And God is willing to use all of that. And that's what we believe as a church. That's part of the vision as a church because we also believe the mission for this church, for all of God's churches, has a believer, as it says, go back one time. The mission is that we introduce everybody to Jesus and we'll make them the disciples, all right? Then they'll go and impact the world. Because as I'm changing and I start walking with you and doing life with you, what happens? You start to change. And as you change, what happens? Your family starts to change. Your kids start to change. And it just starts to naturally happen. A lot of times we think that I need to go and I need to have a conversation. I need to do all these things. 
uh, follow all these rules to help somebody change. But really, the change happens when you just walk with Jesus. Because as you're walking with him, he's naturally stripping things off of you. He's naturally changing you. And in return, it starts to change your environment. It starts to change your circumstances. It starts to change the people around you. And I've seen this happen because my wife is part of the reason that I was changed, okay? I was a hot mess. I thought I was doing this Jesus thing, but I was really like, I was two-stepping. I was one step in, one step out, okay? That's just the truth. But she was all the way in. She was sold out for Jesus. And that's a lesson that I learned. You got to be sold out for this thing. And as she grew closer and as God did a work in with me, it changed me for the better. And it made me realize, like, oh, snap, I'm supposed to be the leader of the house. I'm supposed to be the man of the house. I'm supposed to be the one that is influencing them in an impactful way. And so that's the thing for all of us, church. It doesn't matter where we find ourselves in, man. God says, when you walk with me, when you become part of a community of believers that believe what my word says and actually live it out, not only are you going to be changed, but so is this world. Because you're going to be impacting your family, your friends, and everywhere you go. So that's part of our vision and our mission as a church because it's part of God's mission for every church, for every believer. And we see this happen in Acts chapter 2. This is where the DNA of all this church is, this church specifically, but every church. It all really comes down to Acts chapter 2 and what the early church did. And that's what I want us to read. Let's go ahead and flip. Flip one more time. And let's read this in Acts chapter 2 starting at verse 42. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over all of them. And the apostles performed many miracles and signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions. They shared money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. And so we see, man, it's just like I, I was saying, man, even though these people are individual, they found themselves in a relationship with Jesus. As they begin to walk in that relationship, they begin to come together and have church. So church isn't just a, a place that you can come and Man, receive a good word. It's a place that you could receive a family. It's a place that you could find belonging. It's a place that you could get equipped. It's a place that people are looking to do life with you. And last week I shared about loyalty, right? What did I have on last week? I had this ugly jersey on, right? The 49ers. Let me off again. Hold up. Hold up now. Hold up. Let's keep this microphone on standby just in case. No. But just because I had the 49ers jersey on, everybody knew where my loyalty was, right? You know, I was a Cowboys fan, right? So even though I represented the 49ers in that moment, you knew my loyalty was with the Cowboys. It's, it's just where I'm at. And the same should be true about us as believers, right? It doesn't matter what my outside appearance looks like. I should live in a way, I should carry my life in a way that you realize where my loyalty is. And what do we read? He said, all the believers were devoted do you know what that word really means? It means to give a large portion of yourself or to give all of yourself to something. So that means you got to come with the belief that something is worth to give yourself for, right? That means it's going to cost you something, right? But now if you're willing to do this, you're willing to be devoted, you're going to see good things come from that. But part of our problem is we like, I want to be a part of that, but I don't want to be all the way a part of that. Like, I still like to do some things, Lord, I don't need to be all in that. 
But if we're honest, right, I could go to the gym, but if I only work out once a week, I only work out a couple times a month, I'm not going to have that six-pack, right? I might have that as the goal. I might have that vision like, oh, man, I'm going to be summer ready. But if that's all the work I'm putting in, if I'm only being halfway, it's not going to get the results that I'm in search of. And the same is true about our faith, though, church. A lot of times we think, well, you know what? If I do the minimum, I'm going to get the maximum results because that's who Jesus is. He's a maximum God. He's a God that gives me an abundance, and he is. But he's saying, hold up, it ain't that easy, though, okay? If you really want the maximum results, you got to quit doing the bare minimum. Because if you're doing the bare minimum, what you're really doing is you're stopping yourself from receiving all that God has for you. And God desires us to have a many good things. And one of the things that we value as a church is those relationships. Like it showed in the slide earlier, we value that relationship with God, with ourselves, and with others. But to get those things, it's going to require us to be devoted and not being halfway. And we see this when we read this, right? It said the believers were devoted. That was the first thing it said. They were devoted to the word, to fellowship, to sharing a meal, to prayer. And the next sentence it said, and then a deep sense of awe came over them. It says signs and wonders began to happen because God loves to move through people who are devoted to him and his kingdom. So that means when I position myself in a place that God wants me to be, I'm going to see fruit from that. I'm going to see a lot of good things come from that because I'm aligning myself up with God and his plans and his will for my life. A lot of times we are looking for God's blessing, but we are stepping outside of that. And we're like, man, God, where you at in this? And he's like, you're not even trying to walk with me. So I don't know how you understand I'm going to give you something when you wouldn't want nothing to do with me. So church has a believer especially for as a believer of Lubbock Unified, we're saying, hey, man, let's not be halfway people. Let's be people that are devoted, not just to the Lord, but to each other, to ourselves, because in that we're going to receive all that God has for us in this life. And it's going to be more than what we could ask. And I want you to receive this this morning because this ties into it. We don't just represent Jesus. We represent him to this world. We don't just represent him. It's like I told you, when I walk outside of these doors, right, and if people know where my loyalty lies, that means I'm going to represent Jesus. A lot of times I go places, people know me as a pastor. How I carry myself, how I handle myself is going to reflect Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I've been to churches when I was younger. I've been to places, and it wasn't always well. I've gone, and I've tried to be in search of God, and I've gone to a church, and they've looked at me crazy. I've gone and tried to talk to believers, and all I felt was like shame and judgment was coming down from them. And that's part of the problem, church, is we got to have that understanding of who we are representing, who we are reflecting, but also how we are representing him to people. Because what really changed for me is when I went to a different church and they represented Jesus in the way that was accurate, in the way that was truthful. Because as I learned about Jesus, what I found out is he really ain't judgmental like that. He really ain't going to hit me over the head with the things that I'm doing. He's going to bring it up, but he's going to do it in a way that's loving, that's kind in a way that reaches me exactly where I'm at. And as a believer, as a follower, as a member of Lubbock Unified, we say, hey, man, we want to represent Jesus in a way that's accurate, in a way that he receives us. So that doesn't mean I got to be perfect. That doesn't mean I got to have it all together. That means I could be a hot mess, but as long as I'm saying, man, but God is still good. If I could just tell you the things that Jesus has done in this situation, in this moment, you know what it's going to do? It's going to give an accurate proportion, an accurate, I can't even talk, an accurate portrait of who Jesus is because let's be real y'all everybody's looking for God everybody's looking for Jesus they just don't know it sometimes y'all ever seen that movie Jesus Revolution 
And it talked about the Great Awakening in the 70s and how all these hippies were coming to Jesus. And I love that movie because in the, in the movie, there's this hippie and he's talking to this pastor. And the pastor's like, I don't understand these kids nowadays. They're out here just doing drugs and all this. And that guy that's a hippie tells him, he said, you don't understand what they're looking for? Those drugs, all these things, what they're really looking for is God. They're just looking for it in the wrong forms. And I, I say that thing is still true today. A lot of people are still in search of God. They're still in search of peace. They're still in search of something that's missing within inside them because they don't know who they are from the one that created them. But when you discover that, it all just makes sense. It all clicks. And everything starts to change for your life. And that's the thing, church. I want us to understand that, that we don't just represent God, but we represent him to people in this world. And I have the opportunity to do this every day and every moment and every time, no matter where I'm going, no matter what I'm doing. Not only am I going to reflect him, but I have a chance to represent him to somebody that maybe didn't have a good encounter with somebody that was a believer or a church or a Christian. And that's something I want us to all be mindful of. Because like I said, we ain't perfect. We far from perfect. But if I'm going to be real and I'm going to be truthful and I'm going to say, hey, this is what Jesus has done for me. This is what he's currently doing for me. There's always going to be a more likely chance that the person on the receiving end is going to receive what they needed. And I want you to take this away because these are ways that we re represent him and we represent him. It starts with our words, right? Ephesians, it talks about speaking truth with love. So that means I'm going to speak in a way that is truthful, that is loving. It's not always going to be easy, but it's going to come from a good place. That means I'm not going to cuss somebody out when they make me mad. And I'm going to be real. Sometimes I fail at that, right? But if I come back with forgiveness and I come back asking forgiveness and just being honest and authentic with grace and love, you know what's going to happen? It'll be like, oh, I don't know how you're doing that in this moment, but it's showing me something different than what I've known. So we need to be mindful of our words. We want to speak it with truth and love. We want to be mindful of our works. We might not have all the wisdom, we might not have all the skill, but we still have the opportunity to always do it with excellence and with gratitude. So when you understand that what happens at your job, this might be a job that you hated to go to, but when you start to have gratitude that you have a job, your mind starts to change. When you start to do things with excellence, it starts to catch the attention of other people. They might say, man, you know what, this brother, he, he a little slow, man, but there's a good worker, okay? <laughs> that's just, that's me, all right? He might not got it all together, but I see the Lord working in his life. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not the smartest person. I'm not the, man, I don't have all these experience. I don't have degrees. I don't have all these things. But I've always tried to do things with excellence and gratitude. And it's helped me appreciate the positions that I've been in, but it's also elevated me to do things I never thought I could be. One day I was cleaning a, a church, right? And so at this church, like I had nothing to do with this church and I'm vacuuming the floors, and I'm cleaning restrooms, and I'm a little upset. And I'm like, Lord, why you got me doing all this stuff? I know you want me to plan a church, but this got nothing to do with me. And he's like, son, how, are you gonna, how am I going to give you something if you can't even appreciate this moment? And it started to mess me up. So nowadays, I'm like, Lord, I just thank you if you can allow me to mop the floors in your kingdom because I don't deserve it. Thank you if you allow me to vacuum your floors because I don't deserve it. I should be on the outside looking like, man, it looks so nice in there. But you give me the opportunity to come and join you in this. And I need to be grateful of that. And when I start to do that with excellence, man, God starts to bless that. Because I represent him and represent him in this world. And that's the thing, the world, right? We want to allow his love to be reflected in our lives. Because the more that I allow his love to fill me up, the more love I have to give out. And when you are loving in this world, man, you'd be shocked by the ways that it touches people. 
just like that tattoo artist, right? The whole night, I had to try not to talk to him, just being honest. My brother Cody was gone striking up conversations. That's, that's a whole different subject, okay? <laughs> but as soon as I sat down, he starts to tattoo me. We get to talking, and it's just like a flower. He opened up. And all I did was try to be loving, try to be kind, try to reflect Jesus in the best way that I could. And before you know it, he was like, hey, can I get your number? And I was like, hey, I'm married. I don't really get down like that. No, but <laughs> I said, but here's my number, man. Here's the church, man. We would love to have you. He's like, man, y'all, I don't know about your church, but y'all sound pretty good. <laughs> and he wanted to come, but it's because I was trying to represent him and represent Jesus in a way that's accurate, not in a way that always gets misled. And that's something that we believe as a church when we allow him, Jesus, to be seen in our words and our work and the way that we love in this world, we're going to represent him and represent him in ways that are accurate. And we see this. Just like we read in Acts, as the believers devoted themselves, they shared everything, they sold everything, they met regularly, they were generous, it came with praise. They couldn't help but praise God. They couldn't help but enjoy each other's company. They couldn't help but enjoy doing life together. So even though they had individual lives like we all do, they realized, man, when we come together, we could do a lot more than we can by ourselves. And I want you to take this away today. My man. Living unified comes with being responsible. Living unified comes with that, right? As a member of God's church, as a member of Lubbock Unified, we also have a responsibility to live up to. And that means as much as I can do all these things on my own, man, I could be better off when I'm being responsible for myself, but also in y'all's life. That's one of the reasons here that we have potluck, that we're looking to serve community, that we're doing Bible studies, that we do it with Lubbock Impact, right? We could honestly do things by ourselves, but we choose to do it with Love Again Pack. We choose to do things with a lot of different churches because we realize when we are unified, when we are being responsible with the things that God gives us, you know what he does? He blesses it even more. He shows up even more. He works on us even more ways than we realize that we need. Did you know that as a church, we've baptized over 50 people? We've married over 10 couples. We've dedicated over 20 children to the Lord. And as you think about that, that's individual numbers, and it's like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know what I'm saying? But you really think about it in the terms of families. Because how many of us know families that have one person, that has six persons? There are large families, especially in this church. Everybody has several kids in this church, okay? But that's the thing about this church, is everything, that all the work that we do, when we are being responsible, when we are living unified, it goes larger than just impacting one person. You're impacting a whole family that's impacting a whole generation. The men in my family, there's not many of them that have graduated high school, graduated college. Many of them have struggled with addiction. They're, they haven't been, always been that best father. But because of the Lord working in me, you know what's happened? My family trees start to change. Those generations that are going to come after me and my family are going to change. And I've started to see the fruit of it in my life. And the same is true for you. You being here. God working in your life, you living unified, you saying, okay, I see that you were calling me to be responsible for these things. As I press into it, man, that's what really changes your life. So yes, you might not have had the best upbringing, but guess what? Your children can't have it. Yes, you might not have been able to accomplish all these things that you would have liked to when you were younger or even right now in your life, but guess what? Those that are coming after you or that are currently with you can and so that's what we have to see, church, that when we are being responsible for the things that God has given us, that we're going to see him bless it and change it for the better. 
So yes, you might not have had that example for yourself, but you can grow to be that example. Because that's the truth for me. I didn't never think I could be somebody that, for one, people would look up to in this type of way. Even now, right, y'all say, pastor, and it's like weird hearing that. Because it's hard for me to see myself as a pastor. And now I've grown into it. I've realized, like, okay, I am a pastor. This is just who I am. It's a responsibility. But I can never see myself as that. But as I learned to be unified with God, with Jesus, and I learned to be unified with y'all, have I accepted my responsibilities, man? I've seen God bless that, not only through me, but also through y'all. And these are ways that we work on being responsible as a believer and also a member of Lubbock Unified. It starts with our attitude, right? Philippians 2.5, it talks about how we treat others the same in return. It's called the golden rule you read in the book of Matthew, right? You probably heard it since you were a kid. Treat others the way you want to be treated. But Jesus talks about going even before that, right? Treat others the way that I treat you. So that means that even people are being ugly to you, you're going to bless them. You're going to ask for God's favor on their life. And for them, them people aren't going to understand it. They're going to be like, I don't understand why they're so kind to me when I'm being so ugly to them. I want them to be mad like I'm mad. But when we check our attitudes, when we reflect him, man, that's what's going to plant a seed for that person. And we are responsible for our attitude. And that's a hard thing for some of us. I understand, all right? Just yesterday, I was getting on to my daughter. This morning, I had to apologize to her because of my attitude. And I had to tell her, I said, look, Malia, I love you to death. And I'm sorry that I've allowed my emotions to come out in ways that are hurtful. Because the truth is, just because I'm upset, just because we've had a conversation that things didn't meet my expectations, that doesn't mean that I could treat you a certain way. I have to check my own attitude and I have to be real about it. Because I have a responsibility to God and also to all of y'all, right? So our attitude is something that we're responsible for. But also our actions. John, 1 John 3.18, it talks about how our actions display the truth of our motives in our heart. I already told y'all, God always is going to look at our heart because he already knows what our motives is. A couple weeks ago, I talked about the treasures of our heart and how sometimes we can have all these things that we say we're treasuring, but our actions and our motives don't line up with it. And it really show where our hearts has been uh, deceived, how our treasures have been turned off. And that's something we are responsible for, church. So even though I messed up with the way I handled the situation yesterday, it was my action to make it right. I had to go and apologize to my daughter because I want her to know, man, I love her more than anything. And I messed up. I didn't handle the situation the way I should have. And she was like a teenager. Yeah, that's cool. It's no big problem. But you know how kids are. But I had to be real about it, man, because I wanted to see my heart wasn't to treat her that way. My heart was to show her that I loved her. And all I was trying to do was something was be her father. All I was trying to do was be kind and be loving. And I handled it in the wrong way. But I'm responsible for my actions, and I'm responsible for how I follow through. Another way that we're responsible is for our life. Galatians 6, 4, and 5 says how we choose to live is going to affect those that we get to serve. And it's the same, like I was saying, with my family, right? How I live and how I serve them is going to reflect how they live and how they serve. This morning, Lily, my second oldest daughter, came to church with me. Because she got up early, and usually I bring them to church early in the morning with me, and she's like, Dad, I want to go. And I was like, well, you better come on. So she comes, right? And what I see her doing is she's going, and she's serving other people, and she's serving, Dad, what you need me to do? And Dad, and I didn't ask her to do any of those things. But she had a heart to serve because she's seen that I've been trying to do that for other people, and I try to do that for them. 
So we have a responsibility for our attitude, for our actions, for our lives. And when we live unified with Jesus, when we live unified with each other, guess what? It's going to naturally become an easier thing to do, even if you never had that example, even if it's something foreign in your life. The more that you press into Jesus and together, you're going to accomplish it. That's one of the things I love about church is doing life with y'all and hearing how God is moving with y'all. A lot of y'all have called me on the phone. A lot of y'all have seen me outside of a Sunday. And what happens? I'm the same person, right? And because of me trying to live right and and live these things out, man, I've seen y'all start to do the same thing. And then what happens? We start to see God move, bless you with a job, give you patience, not have you lash out like you might have used to. God is starting to transform and change you as we've been able to live unified and be responsible. Here's the other thing I want you to take away from what we read and what we are as the church is that we are contributors and we become world changers when we're contributors. I'm going to be honest with you. There are a lot of churches that have hundreds, even thousands of people that show up. And you know what they do? They come, they fill their cup up, and then they're gone. They never take what they got from the Lord that day and bless somebody else with it. They just say, you know what, I can't wait to come back Sunday so I get another fill. And they just keep taking and taking and taking from the Lord. If you know anything about relationships, can you just always take from some person? Eventually, that relationship's going to be jacked up, right? Eventually, the other person is like, hey, I ain't got nothing else to give you. You done took everything. And the Lord is saying to us, too, look, I love that you come and you want to receive from me, but I need you to receive from me in order so you can bless somebody else, just like we talked about last week. Because we're called to be contributors to the kingdom of God. Just like we talked about being devoted to Jesus and living unified. Man, when we do these things, we see signs and wonders start to happen. That's what we read with the disciples, right? They came together. They started to share everything. They started to sell properties. They started to do some amazing things. And because of it, nobody lacked for anything. Because of it, everybody had more than what they needed because they started to do life with each other. Because they say, you know what? I can't just be coming and expect everybody to give and give and give all the time. I got to learn how I could give back too. And as they did that, things started to blossom for them. Nobody lacked for anything. But it also said at the end of that verse that more people got added to them. It didn't say that they went out and they were like, hey, you know what? You need to come to my church, brother. You need to join this. Nah. They were simply living life with Jesus and living life with each other. And because of it, other people started to see that. And they said, hey, I don't know how you got that peace, but I want some of that. Hey, I don't know how y'all managed to pay that light bill that you were telling me about, but I seen people come around you like, I need some people like that in my corner. Hey, I heard about that breakup, that relationship that was terrible, and I see how you had people rally around you. Like, I need some friends like that because my friends are telling me to go and act a fool. My friends are telling me that I need to go and, and cause pain to that person the way they did me. But when you're a contributor to church, it changes everything. You're able to praise God and enjoy the goodwill of all people. How many of us have had friends or families in our life that even when we're around them, we don't really enjoy them? We're like, oh, they here today? Oh, dang. If you would have told me, I might have just waited to come over. I ain't. But that ain't what God desires, right? He desires us to enjoy each other. But that's only going to happen when we start to become selfless, when we start to live life with him, when we start to realize who we are in him. And that's part of being a contributor to the kingdom of God, that you are a learner, that you are a servant, that you are a giver, and that you are a leader. And that's what we believe here at this church. And these are some of the ways that we are trying to live this out to be a contributor specifically to this church. The first one is by attending a group, right, or taking any class. Y'all know we have Bible study every Wednesday here, men and women's. 
Even right now, our young adults are down there having a Bible study. They're having a gathering because we know we grow when we're in community. If you've ever been in one of these classes or one of these groups, what you see is you learn a whole lot. What you see is, man, you actually have something to contribute to these things. A lot of times when I'm meeting with the guys, I say, hey, so what do y'all think? I don't even share what I think. I'm like, what do you think? What's y'all's opinion? And as they sharing, they start to see like, oh, you know what? I relate to this person. Oh, I'm glad he said that because that's wisdom that I didn't have. Before you know it, you're contributing in these classes and in these groups in ways that you didn't even realize that you could. Because how many of us go to things and we think that we have nothing to give? We have nothing to offer. But you're made for more, church. And that's what you discover as you go through this. And that's how you learn to be in community. Because we want to be learners. When you're a contributor, you are a learner. But you're also a servant. One of the things that we always pressing is joining and serving in different ways, specifically at this church. But we say just do it once a month. We understand that life is hard. It's not always easy. But I can't do everything. Just be honest with y'all. I can't run lights. I can't do sand. I could, I could try to do all these things, but they're not going to get done well. So that means I need the rest of the body. I need everybody else to find a road, to find a place, to press in and join. And what you find is when you do these things, man, you, you just feel like you're just grateful. You're just humbled. This morning, my brother Ramsey said, Furman, you need me to make coffee? I got you. Show me what to do, and I got it. You don't understand how big of a blessing that was for me because I'm usually here in the morning making coffee. I'm trying to do this and do that. Like, man, that served me. He was a servant to me, and he blessed me by serving. So it doesn't matter what capacity you serve at. We believe that when you are served, you're going to contribute in a way that's going to be impactful, in ways that's going to be more than just that little thing that you think you're doing. We also talk about being a giver tithing right there's something we don't really talk about here at church right we don't pass out no plate we have the giving boxes there but as a member of the church what you see especially as a believer God's like hey man I want you to give a portion back to what I give to you because really it's not so much about the money really God doesn't care about the money he gave you the money to begin with right he's like I don't need that what I'm looking for is where your heart is and how are you going to worship me how are you going to give up something that's going to cost you something and that's what giving really is it's saying God I I'm trusting you with something that it's hard for me to let go of because I always feel like I never have enough of it. You ever feel like that? It don't matter how much money I make. It doesn't matter how much I elevate in these jobs. These bills are just kicking me around, and I never have enough. And what you see is when you worship God with your finances that he actually blesses those finances in a way that's larger than what you just gave up. The Bible talks about giving 10%. I don't even talk about that. I just talk about give something, you know. When you give something, you're going to get something in return. And that's not to always be like, I need to get something in return. I need to get something back. No, it's just a way to say, Lord, I'm I'm worshiping you with all I have. Whether it's me giving my heart, my my finances, my time, my availability. Like, I want to serve you and I want to contribute to you. And as a a believer, we're called to be givers, just like in Acts that we read. Said people sold their property. And what did they do with it? They didn't put it in their pocket. They shared it with other people. How many of us have had somebody come through when we needed a light bill paid and they helped them stepped up or they needed rent paid or they just needed a bus pass or they just needed something, right? And you come to the family of believers and you're like, ah, man, I hate to ask because nobody likes asking for help. But whenever you're able to be on both sides of it, man, you're blessed in ways that go larger than that moment. And that's what God calls us to be is to be cheerful givers, to give in some capacity of something. And what we have to understand is no matter where you find yourself in your faith is that you're a leader. You're a leader in your family. You're a leader in this community. You're a leader in your house. You're a leader in this church. 
All right, so I want y'all to look around, look at each other. Y'all are leaders in this church, okay? Y'all really are. So when I see y'all, that's what I see. I see a leader. I see a contributor. I see somebody that's living unified, that's living these principles out. And you know what? A lot of times y'all are blessing me in ways that are larger than the ways that y'all feel I'm blessing y'all. And that's just the honest truth, y'all. Because a lot of days I'm like, Lord, <laughs> y'all ever seen that Popeye's commercial, the, the person like this? <laughs> said, I'm tired. This is when them chicken sandwiches came out. That's how I feel all the time. But y'all don't know how y'all give me the strength to say, okay, I can keep going. Y'all give me the strength to keep pushing forward. Y'all don't realize that. And it's just simple things. Hey, pastor, I want to go to that class. Hey, pastor, can I help out with this? Hey, pastor, let me tell you how I did this for this brother. And let me tell you about what God was doing. Y'all don't understand how that blesses me. Because that means these things that we're trying to live out, that we're applying, that we see God do, that we see him ask us to do, that we live out, man, are fruitful. That is real. It's not something you can make up. And that's what I want for all of us, is for you to come and see, like, you know what, this is my home, this is my family. I know I might not have it all together, but they still love me. I know I might mess up, but they're still going to accept me. I know when I need somebody to give me some wisdom, they're going to be honest, they're going to be truthful. I know if I need some help, I can come to them, but you know what else? I could do all that for them as well. When you have that, when you have these people, man, you start to see that, man, you can overcome a lot of these things that you face, a lot of these things that you were brought up in. Because it's honest, like, I wouldn't be here without y'all. Like, yes, God loves me, Jesus loves me, but it's because of all of y'all that I get to do this. And, like, honestly, I really do get to do this. And y'all don't understand the blessing that it goes outside of this church. Y'all see the work that I get to do with y'all because I'm in contact with y'all. But y'all don't see all the conversations and stuff that it goes further than this. The times that I'm going and I'm at the park and some dude comes because he met me at a jail cell. The times that I'm at the grocery store and somebody's like, man, I attended a Bible study. Like, or the times that they tell me that somebody in this church had reached out and impacted their life. Because I get a lot of those too. Hey, man, y'all are just doing amazing work over there at Lubbock Unified. And, man, all the people of the church, man, like, when I come there, I feel at home. I feel like family. That's because y'all. That ain't nothing to do with me. So I want you to see that. Because I want you to understand that as a believer, that's the impact that you have that changes the world, but also as a member of this church specifically, that's what it does. And this is my challenge for all of us, is that we would live unified to Jesus. Not to me, not even to this church, but to Jesus. So whether you want to be an official member of, of Lubbock Unified, whether you just want to be a follower of Jesus, man, when we are called to be unified with them, we represent him and we represent him to this world. We live in a way that we take responsibility for the things that God entrusts us with. And then we become contributors that come and change this world. I truly change it, y'all. I'm telling y'all. We're all designed not just to be takers, but to receive these things and change this world. And your impact is going to go so far, you'll understand. You never know what God's going to lead you to. Sometimes he might take you across the world and have you doing things you never imagined. Sometimes it's across the street. But either way, you're making an impact that changes the world. Because what do we know about the world? It's a dark place, right? And the good Lord is saying, look, I got a bunch of lights right here. And if you know anything about having no electricity in your house, one candle can do some work. But when you got multiple candles, you can light that thing back up. <laughs> so that's what I see here. We're here to light it up, y'all. But the only way that we're going to light up this world, that we're going to light up our life, that we're going to be a light for each other is when we are devoted to Jesus and we start to be real about being a member of his family or even being a member of this church.
So that's my challenge for all of us, whatever that looks like. And as you leave here, I want you to take one of these home with you. All right. And it, it basically goes and covers the same things that we talked about, the same slides and even a couple of other things. It even has a thing that if you wanted to officially be a member of, of Lubbock Unified, you can do that as well. But I'm not out here looking for membership, all right? That's not what I'm trying to do. But what I am trying to do is make sure that you feel like you're at home. Make sure that you understand that you are made for more. Make sure that you know that, hey, this is your family, that we do have each other's back. We might not get it right, but we're going to walk with Jesus and figure something out, right? We might be broken and busted and disgusted, but the Lord said, you are a masterpiece and I got great things for you. All right? So that's what I want you to feel. So let me pray. Today we're not going to have prayer teams, but at the end of service, like uh, Eli was reading an announcements, we do have a training. We would love for you to be a part of that because everybody can pray. And that's one of the things we struggle with. I don't know. I can't pray. Like, ain't nobody going to want to hear what I got to say. Like, no, the Lord does. You'll understand how you're going to bless somebody else by just saying, yeah, I'll pray for you. Yeah, I'll be here for you. Because what happens, you're like, hey, man, you're going to believe what the Lord did. Remember how you prayed for me? Let me just tell you what happened. I see it happen all the time. And I love to see it, not just hearing for y'all, but I love to see it with y'all doing it with each other. Because that's what all this is about. Doing life together. Doing a life in a way that you don't feel alone. Because it's, it's lonely out here, y'all. And the enemy will tell you, you don't need the church to, to accomplish anything. But the truth is, man, we need family. We need to be together. We need community. And when we do that, man, we see things change. The early church, they weren't after to grow a large church. They weren't trying to make these huge things. They were simply just trying to do life. I think a lot of us can relate to that, right? Like, Lord, I'm just trying to survive. I'm just trying to make it because it is ghetto here. And I'm tired of it. But when we do life and we do life with Jesus, we do life together, man, I'm telling you, life is so much better. Things are so much easier to overcome. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. I thank you for the mission and the vision that you've given this church because it is your mission. It is your vision, Lord. And you said that we are all made to be a part of it, to play a role in it, and that every role is important, Father. I know sometimes we look at certain positions and we kind of hold them higher than the others, but the honest truth is, Man, we are all important in your eyes. We all have purpose. We all have the things necessary to live a life that reflects you, that represents you, and that contributes to this world. So, Father, I just thank you for every person that is here and the way they've contributed to me, the way that they bless me, my wife, my family, my kids, Lord. There are ways that I can't never repay, but I know that there are ways that make you happy. And, Father, I pray that they would see that for themselves, Lord, that they are made for so much more than maybe their upbringing has told them, maybe than people have told them. Maybe they even feel about themselves, Lord, because you said that with you, you have good plans for us. Not for plans of, of disaster, Lord, but plans of a future and a hope. Plans that have every person's name written on it, Lord. And that excites me, Father, that no matter what we look like or where we come from, you have something specific for us in a way that changes us, but it also changes others. That's something bigger than what we deserve, Lord. But you said, no, nah, I want you to be a part of this. I don't want you to miss out on this, Lord. And I want to be people in a church that don't miss out on anything that you have for us. So, Lord, help us come not just to receive a word, not to just to fill our cups, but to be those people that pour into others. To be those people that are a light in the darkness of this world. To be a people that set fires in this world that spread and that consume others. Father, I just thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for the work that you've done, man, up to our life at this point, but even the work that's still to come. 
even the opportunities that are still coming, Lord. It's exciting that you would use a bunch of knuckleheads like us to do amazing things, Lord. Because you don't have to, but you said, I want to. So help us do life with you and do life with each other, Lord. Father, I know that we don't always get this right. Sometimes we hurt each other, Lord, and I pray that we wouldn't project our hurt from one another onto you. That we would look at it and say, hey, you know what? My brother and my sister, they're they not perfect and neither am I, so I don't want to hold this against them. But I trust what you have for me, Lord, and you put these people in my life, Lord, and so I thank you. I'm grateful for it because you know better than what I do what you're doing. So, Father, help us receive everything that you have. Help us look back on this life and say, man, it was a good one because I walked it with Jesus and he gave me some great people to live it out with. Father, I just thank you for your blessing. I thank you for all that you're doing. We just love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right now, we're going to go to a time of worship, man. Man, just really open up your heart and man, let God work in it, all right?